Hi, I am Shantanu, and you are listening to the Beta Talks, where we break down reality. So, in today's episode, we will be talking about the Reliance Jio and Facebook deal. The entire episode has been divided into two segments. In the first segment, me and my co-host Bhushan will break down the details of the deal. While in the second segment, we have our guest who will further discuss on the various implications of the deal. And before we move further, let me introduce you to the panel. So we are a group of six finance second year students, Satish, Jagan, Bhushan, Himanshu, Yashmeet and me, Shantanu, who will talk about the various recent financial and economical events of the country on our podcast and try to understand its wide spectrum across the industry. So this is our second episode. If you haven't listened to our first episode, please do visit us on Spotify and Google. So without any further delay, let's get back on the topic. So Bhushan has joined us and Bhushan has been browsing a lot through the newspaper articles on Facebook Geo deal. So Bhushan, could you share some light on this deal? By the way, Bhushan, how are you? Hey, hi, Shantanu. I am good. I hope you are good too and maintaining all the social distancing norms. Yeah, always, bro. Just had my haircut, by the way. Oh, that's great. So before we begin, I think most of us would be aware that Facebook and Geo inked a deal last month where Facebook bought around 9.99% stake in Reliance Geo, which is worth of $5.7 billion. And early this year, Saudi Aramco also invested around $15 billion. So there has been a continuous effort by Reliance to make it a debt-free company. And similar statements has come from Reliance too. And this strategy is quite imperative during the moment when most of the telecom companies are debt laden. But now, you would be asking why Facebook? Well, today India's population stands at 1.3 billion. On the other hand, uh, Geo has a, a user base of 388 million approximately. And on the other hand, Facebook in India has 260 million users. 400 million whatsapp users and 80 million instagram users so now the equation stands clear and simple reliance can leverage facebook's technology expertise and the immense amount of data facebook already has facebook has a platform uh, which will further help a reliance to penetrate into the e-commerce and e-payment services whereas it has already begun trial runs of its geo platform in Navi mumbai thane and kalyan region you're absolutely right, Bhushan, but I see more into it. So like recently I visited both Reliance Geo App Store and Geo Developer website and found that there were numerous apps, probably which a traditional telecom company won't use. Like for example, a 360 VR content app, cloud-based security cam apps, cloud backup apps, video conferencing. In fact, they're also planting seeds in augmented reality. If you remember last year, a series of acquisitions has happened under Geo in technology space like Savan, which is into music industry, Haptic, which builds AI chatbots, Radisys, which is into R&D of 5G and Internet of Things, and many more. And you can pretty well sense that Reliance is trying to stitch an ecosystem. In fact, if you see Facebook deal and the vision of the deal, you can pretty well understand by Mukesh Ambani's statements as well as Mark Zuckerberg's statements that Geo's ambition right from its inception was never to limit itself to a, just to a telecom company. 
connectivity was just a lubricant data is the new oil very rightly said shantanu data is a new oil but are you suggesting jio is transforming into a data company well i see more into it like i i see jio transforming into a technology company if you follow the patterns probably you will you will be convinced that sooner or later jio might raise an ipo so let me share some interesting fact so first comes the debt free company there was a rush in uh, reliance to make it a debt free company last month jio gets a tech valuation and now it is upticking its sentiments with global brands like facebook microsoft and and top notch venture capitalist and private equity firms so ab chronology ko samjhiye na ki there is a clear indication that jio is probably going to raise an ipo or an overseas ipo oh god shantanu i almost lost myself into dreams well coming back to reality i think we should now turn our table towards our guest who could probably guide our flying minds and today we have a very special guest with us mr siddharth dhurba associate director risk advisory kpmg who will break down what this deal means for both the companies hi siddharth hi hi everyone good evening thanks for having me on on your show so uh, so siddharth to break to break the ice and kick start our conversation i would like to ask like why suddenly do you feel that investors are flocking to invest in mukesh ambani's jio like i completely understand that there was a need for jio to reduce its debt not exactly jio but reliance to reduce its debt but what prospect did investors see in jio so i think that's a very pertinent question that you just put in and maybe i'll just try and break it up into a couple of broad areas so if you were to look at uh, how jio or how reliance has been faring for the last one year so uh, since mm-hmm. the past almost uh, let's say 6 uh, 10 months or so they've been on a journey to try and make themselves debt free by 2021 as something that they had claimed uh, in about mid or october of 2019 and they've been working right. towards a plan because primarily to uh, figure out they did uh, foresee a slowdown in the overall oil and gas business and typically you would be aware of the fact that reliance has been always having a credit rating which is actually more than that of the sovereign that's more than that of india so it's been one of the few conglomerates which has been uh, getting cheap money be it raising funds right. from uh, japan or any overseas investors or overseas bond issues but specifically the amount of leverage that they've had to do in terms of extending and investing in jio i think it's a, it's a futuristic business model and they have been uh, one of the few people who have not been shying away from taking on risk and uh, maybe driving out competition from what they do so the with the vision that they would like to create the most valuable technology company so from a oil and gas company so if you remember the initial run of uh, reliance from being a Bimal Industries or clothing right. company to an oil and gas right. and now to becoming an information security or information services company is something that they want to do. Are you aware of the fact that uh, they're building most of the 5G gear in-house? So initially, while uh, Airtel and the likes have been talking to Ericsson, Nokia and others for 5G gear, right. uh, Reliance is one of the only few companies globally which has actually set up their own uh, R&D division for coming out right. with uh, 5G networks as well as uh, developing their own gear which they would then like to sell in the global markets now what's interesting from a facebook perspective is if you look at uh, so i do believe that we have valuation company valuation experts and others on the call as well uh, if you look at mm-hmm. the revenue growth for facebook in its domestic market the number of new users added and what's been happening they've been finding a little bit of a pull in terms of uh, facebook growing and others so the logical market for them would have been china right. but that's a area where they have been struggling for almost uh, half a decade now 
So if I look right. at the total number of user base as well as number of people who are actively joining on Facebook in India seems to be the next logical market for them. If you look at how the internet companies of China like Tencent, Weibo and others have turned up, they have become the financial superstore or the uh, one one-stop app for shopping as well as for communication or uh, whatever else you would like to call out. So with that in mind, I believe uh, there's a lot of synergy that both of them, uh, Reliance wanting an investment, uh, global technology and uh, Facebook getting access to cheap data, the large Indian market, especially the way that they're planning to reach out to the Kirana stores and bring them online. This is reminiscent of uh, what Alipay and Alibaba have done in China. So I think they're trying to create the same history here. But there are a couple of things to watch out for, uh, specific concerns that people may have. But uh, I'll rest that for now. I'll let the others come in. So uh, what I feel like one can pretty well sense that there is like higher ambition beyond that network connectivity or beyond geo. Probably they are trying to get into digital space or into data space. Because I find that connectivity was kind of lubricant, but their greater ambition was getting into digital space. So for that reason that uh, like you have previously mentioned about in R&D into IoT and 5G. So last year they bought a company called Radisys who does R&D into 5G technologies and IoT. So similarly, they have trying to create one kind of form of ecosystem. Like they bought Savan, then they bought... Uh, haptic which is nothing but an ai chat box so i, th- I think probably they are somehow they're just shifting towards a digital space or more into technology and even recently they even did their valuation as a tech company not as an a telco company so what does this suggest to you like are they trying to move beyond a telecom company and they are trying to raise ipo and for that reason they are diluting their equity stakes and making their companies a debt-free company Absolutely. And it, it's all about unlocking value, right? So if you look at how they are right. currently planning to, most of the infrastructure for geo has been put put up into separate uh, special investment purpose vehicles, which will be holding on. And they've already found investors. So right now, uh, the overall cost for uh, real estate and others from a geo perspective does not change. Just that it will actually go from one hand to the other. But they are unlocking value in terms of one by putting across their oil and gas business as well as... Uh, looking at a overall scheme of things, they do want to become a technology firm. Because if you look at the oil revenue and what has happened, be it for a Saudi Aramco, who is actually raising funds right now, the, uh, the sovereign wealth fund of uh, uh, Saudi Arabia is currently raising uh, equities to the tune of about uh, $20 billion against their investments in SoftBank. So there is a liquidity right. pressure on a lot of people because oil and gas has been hit and mm-hmm. they trying to pass on their business to the next generation of Ambani's. They didn't want to pass on the debt. Plus, debt servicing uh, becomes more expensive. Earlier on, during cheap uh, liquidity times, it was good. Right now, also, uh, liquidity is available, but uh, with a bleak horizon in terms of oil and gas not looking good at least for the next uh, couple of quarters, it makes sense for them to monetize what they've already invested in. So, I think it's a it's good, but India should not end up with uh, having only two telecom players. So, it'll be interesting to know if but the deal between Google and Vodafone and Nidea does come up, what happens? But I think uh, Google is a slow player. And also, mm. uh, if you look at similar uh, analogies uh, globally, uh, you must have heard about Rakuten and right. others in Japan, which actually right. are uh, building 5G infrastructure right now. So they are applying for a telecom right. license. So I think this is something which right. is uh, being seen where all telecom companies are becoming media houses because how much of data can you sell? You need content. And in India, the next big thing will be the Kirana store, which will be bought okay. online. 
because during the covid crisis while amazon and others have not been able to service you it was your local kirana boy who was actually servicing based on based on whatsapp requests so that is something which is to note for india as well so before i go to that question i want to uh, give listeners few figures like facebook has invested around 5.7 billion silver lake 750 billion vista equity 1.5 billion general atlantic 7870 billion and kkr asia has invested around 1.5 billion in uh, geo so apart from that there has also been a buzz that microsoft and saudi arabia's sovereign wealth fund they might be looking for investment into geo platform so now incidentally in 2019 geo has signed a strategic deal with microsoft for building their data centers so now if you see the chronology what geo is trying to do is that there's a debt reduction then equity valuation at take and then upsticking itself with global brands so which takes to our next question is debt free the real motive behind this investments or there is any other intentions like raising an ipo so it will uh, come to that but right now they they would like to first uh, be known as a large technology company not only a telecom company and they will do everything in possible to make their 5g infra possible and they would like to be seen as innovators in the space and i would believe right. that it will be another couple of months at least a year before they even think about ipo or more because they would like to bring in more value and further uh, enhance the company valuation picture so like in press conference uh, mukesh ambani stated that uh, with this jio and facebook deal their main focus will be on india's 60 million msme business which includes the farmers small merchants and informal sectors now in fact last year i particularly don't remember the company's name it was a startup and they bought actually an ss platform for small and medium enterprises so now some industry observers have called it as a dangerous alliance and cautioned the other e-commerce operators that probably there would be a huge disruption coming up cause previously amazon or flipkart was doing first they used to get all throughout the throughout entire country they used to give the provide the platform now if jio and the facebook deal comes up probably i would be sitting at my home i would be using that app or their platform and i i can actually visualize which of these kirana stores or which of the small shops or businesses are available in my neighborhood now this creates a kind of competition probably two shops they are selling similar kind of commodities now this creates a kind of competition in prices so do you think this will bring something kind of disruption and actually those smaller players will get somehow backlash because of this deal No I don't believe so I believe that it's a, it's a good opportunity for uh, for all the Kirana stores MSMEs and everyone to start competing improve the products get a larger wider market space I would like to draw an analogy from what is also happening so if you have seen recently the central government has actually made it clear that farmers from one state can now actually sell yeah. their produce in farmers markets and other places also as an example I call myself an Indian because uh, I'm a South Indian born and brought up in Calcutta been in uh, okay. Chennai been in Bangalore and a lot of places. So if you look at the marketplace, for example, in West Bengal, there is a variety of uh, alu or potato as we know it, which is known right. as Sandramukti alu. Now that is right. one of the best varieties of potato you find in India. But do we get it in the rest of the country? Not so easily. A farmer who is right. selling ginger in Karnataka for about twenty uh, rupees for half a kg. When it comes to the city of Bangalore, 
it is selling for about uh, almost uh, 250 rupees a kg right. so in terms of middlemen uh, the annual rate at which our farming is growing in terms of the farm produce and the rate at which the farm pro- produce is also wasted it's almost the same because we don't have enough granaries we don't have enough storage houses and if you're actually allowing farmers to discontinue with the middlemen and actually sell their wares in uh, any part of the country i think that's a brilliant move so if you look at what covid has taught us many of the housing societies in large cities like bangalore mumbai and others have been contacting directly with uh, farmers large farmers association to have them come and sell their wares directly within the society cutting out middlemen uh, so if you ask me is it bad for middlemen yes is it good for farmers potentially i would say yes but depending on how it has been implemented and if they are able to build the supply chain around this this will definitely be something which some good can come out of it there are uh, angles of privacy and others which are definitely there but at least from a farmers perspective i believe it will be good for them but uh, do you think this particular deal will be good for the telecom sector because if you see the agr dues and the geo disruption have been a nightmare since 2017 like 2016 the geo disruption came in and since 2017 there was a huge telecom companies were like hugely debt laden they there were a lot of and most of the financial analysts were stating that telecom companies should sell their physical assets and leverage and reduce their debts and leverages so in that scenario if if geo and uh, facebook deal comes in do you think this will create a kind of uh, duopoly in the market cause probably the rest of the other companies like vodafone idea or the or the newcomers for them it the entry barrier will be quite high uh, true but that's a that's something that we'll have to live with if you look at uh, how companies have been anticipating this so airtel is now not an indian owned company it's a foreign owned company if you look at the overall stock holding of uh, airtel even so you have uh, the national sovereign wealth fund uh, of singapore just chemisic or or if you, if you want to call it gic holding a lot much larger stake than uh, mr mithil himself and even if you look at their revenue per user or the profits which have been coming in for airtel they are able to sustain in the india market mm-hmm. only because of the growth that they are seeing in africa especially in countries like nigeria mm-hmm. where the uh, revenue mm-hmm. per average user is actually much higher than what is in india for especially for prepaid users so it is a competitive world i foresee that uh, we may end up with maybe only about three players if uh, vodafone idea don't get their act together but uh, that's a new reality that uh, yeah we'll have to live with so but uh, like as a students what i was been taught throughout my mba and even what i learned that 100% debt free company is not something a company should look for so do you think that in this particular scenario what you is doing that making it a 100% debt free company as a corporate strategy or what are the uh, intentions behind it they are they are trying to hold cash similar to what they've been doing for ages earlier it was via okay. cheap debt because going was good for the oil industry now it's via unlocking value by letting go of equity but uh, i believe uh, it's led by a smart person i think they have the best set of people if you look at uh, the balance sheet of uh, reliance uh, in, in any of the last four or five years the amount of money that they made from their investment it's actually much better than many of the mutual funds or other asset managers because the treasury function of reliance is one of the best in the country that i have seen in terms of right. the amount of money that they generated arbitrage whatever you say it's a well managed company and i believe uh, it has offered value and created wealth for investors i cannot say that for they do they have written off competition from a competition perspective it's not something that you uh, are like they they definitely have had unfair advantages in certain cases but uh, right. that's the reality now
okay so like like most of our doubts got clear cause when i was reading in fact my panel members were reading through this and we had uh, we had i think last week we had this particular discussion and we were going through and we had couple of these doubts like we there was not clear indication in any of news channels that what will be the future of this geo and uh, facebook deal and then suddenly this uh, tech tech valuation came up then probably people started their speculations that yeah maybe it's going to be a tech and no more it's going to be a telecom company so thanks a lot dhruva it, it's like completely like I, all my doubts got cleared i've tried so my best I think and uh, if you have any more questions happy to connect you with a couple of my colleagues uh, who are from the deal advisory space but uh, happy to uh, have a conversation uh, whenever time permits with you again right. Moving off topic is also fine. So I just want to ask what after what after COVID nineteen like how like is like is like really troubling me as a finance student like what will happen after COVID nineteen like will the market completely disrupt for the finance traditional or? skills only traditional skills will not be enough. If somebody is doing a CFA yeah. in the past, that would have been enough. So right now, people banks yeah. will be looking at somebody who has a data sciences background plus a CFA. Right. So cross training, right. cross skilling, knowing what you want to do, uh, differentiating yourself from others will be key. And uh, picking up additional certifications is not only enough. How how yeah. do you reach out to people? How do you make the best use of your connects? That is something which will be helping for all the MBA grads. That is something that I believe. In terms of the financial markets, it is a turbulent period, but uh, banks are still hiring. They're hiring yeah. for niche skills, for niche roles, and yeah. if you're good, will be hired. There's nothing stopping you from being hired if you're good. So competition will be tough. I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. The next uh, three quarters are going to be difficult. Okay. So yeah, I'll have to drop off now. I'm getting into another call, but really appreciate you and happy to connect with you over WhatsApp or on phone anytime later for any additional questions. Thank, really appreciate thank you, Sita. So that brings to the end of today's episode. Please like and subscribe to our podcast. It will give us enough boost for our new sessions. Share your love and comments on our Instagram and LinkedIn handle. Till then, goodbye.